Thanks so much for having me here tonight and allowing me to speak to you guys. Um, as you said, I'm Tiffany. I'm 37 years old, and I'm an addict. It's not what defines me, but I am an addict in recovery. Um, my addiction started at a pretty young age. I was born and raised in Colorado. Single dad, raising two daughters. Um, started smoking weed at 16. You know, that's usually how it starts. Sneaking out of the house. Um, bad grades, stitching school. I ended up getting pregnant at 16. Um, also, that same year, well, I ended up miscarrying that baby, let me back up. And that same year, I was told that my mother was, had been murdered. So, in, at an age where most kids are thinking about their first car and learning to drive and whatnot, I was mourning the loss of my baby and my mother. So, during this time, I for some unknown reason, decided to leave my dad's house. I wanted to be independent, I guess. I was rebelling. I don't know. Um, so there I was, 16 years old, living with my boyfriend and his mother, still smoking marijuana, hadn't really gotten to anything hard. Um, stayed there for about a couple years, and then at the age of 19, I was introduced to methamphetamines. And that addiction went on off and on for about 13 years. Um, and then in about 2008, I was living in yet another sober living house when I finally met the man that introduced me to the love of my life, which was heroin. Um, my affair with heroin started out really small, but heroin likes to be a, a full-time lover. So by 2010, I was living in a motel off of Colfax and injecting six to seven times a day. Um, as a heroin addict, people often ask me, what does heroin feel like? And to be honest, it feels great. You know, it's what you do to get it when you're about to withdraw, that's hell. Um, you do things that you never thought you would do. You lie, you cheat, you steal. I resorted to selling my body on the streets. Um, not ashamed to say that nowadays. Um, and yeah, to avoid that, that dope sickness, you will do absolutely anything. Um, about, let's see, 2011, I think I got talked to by a police officer for jaywalking, ended up having a warrant got arrested, which, looking back on it, saved my life. Um, got locked up for 28 days. My dad, who's here tonight, um, came and visited me in jail, and I hadn't lived with him since I was 16. And he offered me a place to stay. And at a point where I had felt like a lost cause and no hope, my dad didn't see me as a lost cause, thank God. He saw me as a human being and his daughter. So I lived with him. Um, his girlfriend's mother's father ended up being the director of something called the Providence Network. It's a two-year um, sober living situation, uh, Christian run. And I went and interviewed, and I got accepted. And um, as soon as I was there, I just, I knew that I belonged there. Um, that was, I think, the start of my new life. Um, they loved me. 
as I was. They met me where I was. Um, taught me to love myself again. Um, all the shame and stigma that everybody's spoken about is true and it's real. And you recover from that. Um, you learn to know that you're a valuable member of society. You learn to, to love yourself and, uh, and cut yourself some slack and new coping skills to deal with life on life's terms. Um, I completed that program. In the program, I met my current husband who's with me tonight. Um, I've heard a lot of stories where couples meet in rehab and they end up leaving, relapsing, and it just doesn't end well. And we decided to do something else. We chose to both finish the program. He loved me enough after he graduated to say, you can't leave this program. You have to finish. We're not going to have a life if you don't finish this program. And so we did. We got married um, on 12, 13, 14, inadvertently, on accident. Um, it was when the church was available, so. Uh, and um, September 18th, I have four years of sobriety. So, thank you. Thank you. Um, to speak on the op opioid epidemic in our country, I never did start out with pills. I did. I went straight to heroin, and it was off to the races. But the stigma that, that addicts feel, like I said, is very real. And I've had numerous times where I had to go to the ER, whether for an abscess or otherwise, where they either it was apparent that I was an addict or I admitted that I was an addict. And I got treated like shit. Um, I don't blame the doctors and nurses for that. I've kind of figured out I can chalk it up to about two different scenarios. Um, as I believe Dana spoke on earlier, um, compassion fatigue. You deal with addicts all the time. And so you, I believe that you lose your, your empathy. And it's hard to look at them as human beings. And you do get that mindset of, um, I need this bed for another patient. And I get that. Um, I think the second scenario is perhaps lack of education on addiction. You might not have had anybody in your life that was touched by addiction. You haven't been touched by addiction. You can't relate. Um, so further, further education on that topic and not being scared to reach out to addicts. Um, just let them know that you care. Because like Dana said, you're, that, you're on the front lines, you know? Your voice might be the only voice somebody hears that night. And it might stop them from going out and overdosing. You never know. So um, recovery is possible. With a lot of hard work and the grace of God, recovery is possible. So thank you.